Armageddon in Retrospect podcast. Today I want to talk about Satan paranoia and the Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, of course, according to Jehovah's Witness doctrine, there is Jehovah the God and Satan the devil. And essentially, for all effective purposes, they would never say this, but both beings are omniscient and omnipresent. Both are observing your actions constantly. And your actions, your thoughts, are either making the devil happy or Jehovah happy. That's right. Everything you're doing is actually being played out on some type of cosmic stage. One thing is for sure, though, you shouldn't think about what makes you happy. (laughs) Just think about what makes the devil happy or what makes Jehovah happy. And especially, I would say, on the Satan side of things, it seems that just about anything can be attributed to the devil. And that's where the paranoia is going to come in. You know, are you thinking of masturbating? Oh, that's Satan. You want to have the extra piece of cake? That might be the devil. Are you angry at someone in the congregation? Maybe your mate, your spouse, your partner? (gasps) Don't leave room for the devil because he will take advantage of that situation. Today, I'd like to discuss a Watchtower article that's really laughable. And I'm going to use that article to highlight the Satan paranoia that exists within the Jehovah's Witnesses. But before we laugh at the article and get some chuckles out of it, and I'll do this throughout the analysis of the article, I want to give you something serious to think about. And that's the issue of mental health and mental health care that really is an underlying issue of much of what's in this article. You see, to use a crude example, if a Jehovah's Witness hears a voice telling them to put their baby in the microwave, they would say, well, that is probably Satan or the demons. That might be their reaction. Now, it could be that if they were really thinking about it, based on the story of Abraham and Isaac in the Bible, that it could also be chalked up to Jehovah, but (laughs) they'll never draw that conclusion, even though Jehovah specifically asked a father to kill his child. Anyways, Satan. So it could be the case that instead of seeking professional psychological help, that the witness would just pray, talk to the elders, and then start going to their home to get rid of what get rid of what they would call questionable items. Items that have some link to spiritism. Maybe it's something in their music collection. A movie poster featuring a vampire, you know, maybe what, what are those series called? Twilight or something, whatever the fuck those were. I'm, I'm old. Uh, a movie, maybe some item they bought at a yard sale, and, and they would just want to get rid of that item, and then supposedly that would solve the issue. Maybe there would be some type of placebo effect if the person thought they'd gotten rid of what was causing this issue in the first place. However... Has anything really changed as far as them hearing these voices? That would be my question. Now, even if you still believe in the supernatural, I hope that you can at least see that there might be some type of danger in this thinking, in the Satan 
paranoia. This idea that he's always out to trick you, to get you, to blind you, to deceive you, to mess with you, to move your furniture, to make you hear voices, so on and so forth. Now, this article in particular talks about entertainment. And I really think that's probably the biggest area that you see this paranoia play itself out in the average Jehovah's Witnesses life. Now, if you just read (laughs) nothing but the first five words in the title of this article, you're instantly paranoid as Jehovah's Witness because it says, watch out for this deceiver, exclamation point. Again, this idea that you always have to be looking over your fucking shoulder. You have to be worried. You have to be concerned constantly because why? The devil and his demons are everywhere, everywhere, watching you, looking for any inroads, any opening to get into your life, to get into your mind, to get into your dreams, however you want to interpret it or look at it. That's what you're always looking for. Now, again, keep that theme in mind. Paranoia, paranoia. What does it mean to be paranoid about something? And listen, just listen to how this first paragraph opens up. Suppose you encountered someone who seemed quite friendly. You might be inclined to invite him into your home because he appeared to be good company. But then you discovered that he was a notorious criminal who was secretly corrupting the neighborhood. How would you react? (laughs) Okay, so apparently the devil makes himself look friendly. He's like, hey, neighbor, how's it going? You're like, oh, hey, you want to come over for dinner later? And the devil comes in. Yeah, thanks. Oh, these mashed potatoes look delicious. And by the way, (laughs) this is the Ponzi scheme. I'm running in the neighborhood. And also I'm killing people at random. (laughs) How would you react? Uh, Yeah, Uh, how can I get in on that? Is there a little cut for me somehow? That's what I would say. But again, there's just this whole idea. And it it even says in an article that things are seemingly innocent. That's the expression they use. Seemingly innocent. So this neighbor is seemingly innocent. But maybe he's trying to corrupt you at any possible turn. The second paragraph says this. He is Satan the devil. The Bible tells us the Bible tells us he has been hurled down to the earth along with his angels. That makes them dangerously close. I'd like to say thanks a fucking lot, Jehovah, for throwing the devil down to the earth, a murderer, a master deceiver, as if humanity in its imperfect condition does not have enough problems. You have to throw down Satan and a fucking legion of demons to us. So thanks a lot for that. What a loving God. He's so good to humanity. He loves humans. Please. I mean, have you ever just thought about how big of a jerk move that is? So let's go back to this example they use. Let's imagine that there's this neighbor. He's actually a notorious criminal. He's corrupting the neighborhood. He's killing people. And the police have the power to arrest him. But instead of that, they confine him to the neighborhood and let him keep doing that shit. 
Would you think the authority figure is a little corrupted? I would. I would. That's what Jehovah's done. He said, hey, this guy is a real asshole. Here, I'll confine him to earth. Let's <laughs> Along with all of his minions. Great. Now, please consider some of the seemingly innocent ways people amuse themselves today. Seemingly innocent. However, note how these give evidence of satanic influence. The games people play. Have you guessed yet, if you're an ex-Jehovah's Witness, what type of game would people play? A board game that would be demonic and satanic. Oh, it's the Ouija board. It says right here, pronounced in quotation marks, W-E-E hyphen J-A. Ouija. Ouija board. Okay. Friends sit around the board, place their fingers on a pointer, and ask questions. The pointer moves from one letter to another on the board, spelling out answers. I just want to talk that for a minute about my thoughts on the Ouija board. I still haven't played one, by the way. So if, uh, this Halloween, anybody, my listeners who are local to, you know, to where I live, if you'd like to get together and light some candles and do a Ouija board, uh, let's do that. Even though I'm about to read why I shouldn't do that. But circling back, when I was a child, I was terrified at the thought that someday someone might take out a Ouija board or own one. And as soon as the board game box was opened, the pointer would just stab me right through the heart. (laughs) If anyone thought that's what would happen, the thing would just fucking kill me right on the spot. Okay, what kind of answers does the Ouija board give? That's what the article asks. And they're going <laughs> to quote people who actually took the time to wrote the manufacturer. Here's what this person said. <laughs> this is unbelievable. It was with great distress that we finally decided the total inaccuracy of the answers means only one thing. The Ouija board we own lies. So <laughs> these people actually bought a Ouija board hoping to find out the secrets, the answers to all of life's big questions. And the Ouija board fell through for them. Now, here's the thing. Let's just take out Ouija board here and just replace that with Watchtower Publications in this quote. Because I would like to write the manufacturer of the Watchtower and say this. It was with great distress that I finally decided the total inaccuracy of the answers means only one thing. The Watchtower Publications I own lie. <laughs> right? <laughs> the, the, they're no better than a Ouija board. They lie. They're inaccurate. It's bad. Okay. Moving on. This is what another person wrote. I have one of your Ouija boards and use it with my friends. It gives very good answers early in the day and very dirty answers at night. Gee, I wonder why that could be. After you're fueled with some alcohol, maybe a little weed, (laughs) maybe you drop some acid and all of a sudden the Ouija board starts giving some kind of, oh, this answer seems a little different. Hmm. Hey, Ouija board, how should I treat people? B-E-K-I-N. D. Oh, you see, at lunchtime, it tells me to be kind to people. And then the sun sets. Hey, Ouija board, how should I treat some treat people? F-U-C-K-E-V-E-R-Y-B-O-D-Y. Fuck everybody. Oh, no. My Ouija board, what happened? You were so nice during the day. <laughs> okay. Now let's talk a little bit about that mental health piece I mentioned in the beginning. This is what somebody wrote in to a newspaper. 
uh, this woman named Denise. Here's what she complained, according to the article. That through a Ouija board, she contacted a spirit that called itself Bob. <laughs> that fucking Bob the demon. <laughs> Are you imagine just a demon with kind of some thick glasses? He has a pocket protector <laughs> and calls himself Bob. <laughs> Hi there, I'm Bob the demon. How you doing today? Good to see ya. Everything going all right? Oh, the Ouija board. <laughs> I don't mind if I do. <laughs> this is what she said. Bob has turned mean. He says he's not a good spirit, but a demon in hell. He tells me I'm going insane and that soon he will take over my spirit and give me to the devil. What's the problem here? The problem is that Denise might actually be going insane. And I don't mean that as an insult. Denise, you were probably having some mental issues and needed some psychological help. If you are afraid that this Bob is coming for you or Satan is coming for you because of a Ouija board, that's it. That's my take on it. Uh, But the article points out the conclusion of this. is not that there's mental health issues, perhaps, that are related to this. This is their conclusion. Are you ready? So we can only conclude that the Ouija board is activated by demonic forces. Yep, that's the only conclusion we can come up with. <laughs> the foremost of whom is Satan. <laughs> so it says that the Ouija board should be shunned by those who wish to avoid Satan's unclean influence. Just like me, the Ouija board should be shunned. Because I, too, am part of Satan's unclean influence. Shun the game, shun us. It goes on to talk about Dungeons & Dragons. Let's not get into that. Who cares? I'm not going to talk about Dungeons & Dragons. That was never a big issue for me. I, I wasn't a big enough nerd. Sorry to all the D&D fans out there. I should not stereotype. I apologize for that. Okay, that was the board games they play. The movies they watch. What sort of entertainment are people seeking today for relaxation at the movies? Millions choose immorality or luridly detailed violence. Or they are intrigued by horror and demonistic movies. These latter ones are dangerous because they cater to an unhealthy fascination with uncanny things, which ultimately are harmful. Well, I would say this article is an unhealthy fascination with uncanny things. Right? <laughs> like this this article is what's fucking unhealthy. This is what's unhealthy. Oh my goodness. Okay. Let's talk about Roxanne. She went to see the movie The Exorcist. Oh boy. She says, the movie had a terrifying effect on me. By the way, they don't clarify if she was a Jehovah's Witness or not. From her reaction, it seems like she was probably some flavor of Christianity along those lines. The movie had a terrifying effect on me. I had to leave before it was over because I was afraid I would be sick to my stomach and felt like fainting. So only Jehovah's Witnesses pay for a movie ticket and then walk out on it. Well, maybe there's a few other fundamentalist Christians. That's what leads me to believe she's probably a Jehovah's Witness. For about two months after seeing the movie, I continued to be terrified and would have nightmares. I wouldn't go anywhere alone, would watch over my shoulder all the time, and was even afraid to wash my hair for fear something would be hovering over me. 
paragraph continues. Another woman who saw the same movie on television later cut out her four-year-old daughter's heart because she believed the girl was demonized. Okay, first of all, let's talk about Roxanne. That last one's, wow, is that an extreme example, huh? Again, if you see a horror movie, I understand some of them are terrifying, but if you haven't washed your hair for two months because you're afraid there's actually something hovering over you, if it's affecting all of your nightmares, if you are not able to process that experience of a fictional movie, you should get some help. Get some help. That's all. I'm not, I'm not putting anybody down here. Just get some help. And especially this woman who cut out her daughter's heart. My God, that's disgusting that that actually happened, according to this article. But again, apparently this person had was a psychopath of some flavor. That's the only way I can think of it. And anything could have triggered her being killing somebody or killing her daughter, which is, again, extremely sad. But to say that it was actually demons from watching a movie that caused her to do this is is bad it's just a bad take on the situation because imagine again if we imagine someone who let's say is a Jehovah's witness woman who has a daughter and goes to the elders and says i'm hearing voices and the voices are telling me that i need to do something bad to my child hopefully now I'm not going to say that every elder would respond and say it's a demon. There might be some out there who would say, get some help. But that would be on the table also. And if you were reading these articles at this time period, you would definitely think that, oh, well, obviously she's having problems with the demons. So, again, if you want to take kind of the serious note, I know we're kind of poking fun at this article, but (laughs) the this idea that demons are real and they're the ones that are behind everything and discounting mental health issues just does not seem like a healthy thing to be instilling in a large group of millions of people. Okay. The music they listen to. Many complain at the loudness of some modern music. Yes, especially a bunch of crotchety old dudes sitting at Bethel who are out of touch with reality. (laughs) They're the ones who fucking complain about music. (laughs) Those who take the trouble to read the lyrics are often horrified by the words. How about this? How about this? How about those who take the trouble to actually read the words in the Bible? and are horrified by the words. Now, I'm not discounting some of the wisdom that exists in the Bible. I think there's some in there, some ancient wisdom. But some of the stories are horrifying. And then you take on top of that the fact that when I was a child, Watchtower made a children's book that depicted these stories of uh, people getting stabbed, people getting clubbed, people getting hung on a torture stake, a Nephilim and an animal print loincloth choking somebody out, stealing their fruit basket. It goes on and on. And that was your child 
that was your childhood. Those were your, you weren't reading like. Um, can we still talk about Dr. Seuss books? I don't know, but you know, it wasn't Dr. Seuss books. Well, no green eggs and ham. No, it was. <laughs> this is Samson ripping a lion in two and kicking ass. <laughs> You know, this is Lot's wife being turned into a pillar of salt by God for looking back, <laughs> so on and so forth. They, they, it's so funny that looking out, they because they think the Bible is inspired by God. Sure, they'll say, "Oh, well, that shouldn't have happened, right?" And that's why it's in the Bible. It's an example of what not to do or how, you know, not to act. But they can't look at some of the stories. And just say, wow, that's just horrifying. <laughs> that person is not righteous. <laughs> you know, that person is not good. But no, they they just, all this is just the world. And everything in the Bible is just peachy. <laughs> Again, if you like the Bible, I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. It's fine. Love the Bible if you want to. Believe it's inspired by God. Great. I don't, frankly, I don't care. But at least... Say, well, that was maybe a product of the time, and we need to grow beyond that type of thinking or that thinking that that's a a good example of how to act. I don't know. However, you need to uh, modernize it or make it useful. It's fine. I, look, I don't care. I don't even know why I'm talking about it. All right, let's move on. Some music groups are reported as being deeply involved in the occult. Certainly, the design of many of the album covers has an uncanny or occult appearance, and often lyrics appear to promote occult themes. Can you discern the deceiver's influence in this? Yeah, so even, it says if it has an appearance, or the lyrics appear. So, it's, it's, even if it's indirectly, again, if it's that seemingly innocent, seemingly innocent, toss it. Get rid of it. And you're supposed to be looking for Satan's influence in it. That's that's the idea. Discern the deceiver's influence. So it's like, is there anything in here that smacks of the devil's influence? And I remember uh, somehow I managed to sneak a Guns N' Roses cassette <laughs> into my household. I'd saved my allowance and I bought this cassette. And I believe this one, like most of them, probably had skulls and maybe some pistols on the cover of it. And I remember my parents found that in my room. And my parents had this thing that anything with the skull on it <laughs> was somehow smacked of occult influence or was some type of devil worship or devil influence. And so anything that had a skull on it just got pretty much got tossed. Uh, and we tried to get, you know, buy a t-shirt with a skull or something on it, but <laughs> never, not allowed, not allowed in the house because it was satanic somehow. But this is what gets going in people's heads. All right, this part in music ends up, music may be basically good and wholesome, but wise persons be careful to avoid allowing a pleasant diversion to become an opening for demonic influence. Again, are you fucking paranoid enough? No? Well, how, does this help? Allowing a pleasant diversion to become an opening for demonic influence. You know, you're just jamming one day and you're like, oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I think an opening just, what's happening? Oh, no. Here come the demons. Ah. Right? It's, it's just, oh, my word. Crazy. 
the exercise they do. Can you think of an exercise <laughs> that they're going to point out here that is demonic? Have you guessed it yet if you're an ex-Jehovah's Witness? Have you guessed it? It's yoga. So not only are the tight pants in yoga dangerous, but yoga itself is dangerous. Are you ready? Particularly problematic is yoga-type meditation. Some may point to the fact that the Bible, too, encourages meditation. Oh, fuck you people. You don't know the difference. Here's the difference. However, Christian meditation is an active meditation. Active meditation. Pondering on upbuilding and beneficial matters. Yoga-style meditation is something else. That's right. Here's what the Encyclopedia Americana says, according to Watchtower. The soul's essence, pure intelligence, is obscured by mental activities, whose suppression is the main purpose of yoga. The mind is to be controlled by constant practice of meditation and non-attachment to material objects. The ultimate result is the suppression of all mental tendencies, conscious or latent. Is such emptying of the mind healthy? The Watchtower asks. Before I, I go into talking a little bit more about yoga, what if Watchtower framed their teachings with that question? Not just yoga. What if they said, is such blank healthy? <laughs> Maybe they would get rid of some of their doctrines. Is such refusing of blood transfusions healthy? <laughs> Uh-oh. Is such shunning of your children healthy? <laughs> Oh, no, not good, not good. Is such Satan paranoia healthy? Is such rejection of higher education healthy? I mean, the list could go on and on, but no, 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 no. The finger never points at themselves. So is such emptying of the mind healthy? Are you ready? One practice reports that during one extended period of exercise and meditation, he felt frequent attacks by invisible forces. The demons can take advantage of a mind that is empty and fill it with their own thoughts. So beware! This practice could make you their prey. Okay. Again, this guy or woman practicing yoga needed some help. If you are doing yoga and you feel frequent attacks by invisible spirits, get some fucking help. So they're literally proposing the idea that when you practice yoga and if you do meditation, and this goes for all types of meditation, by the way, which is, you know, there's many types of meditation that's popular. Uh, these days have nothing to do with yoga, but all of them, no matter how the world points out the health benefits, the mental health benefits, Joe's Witnesses just think all of it is just emptying your mind and letting the demons take over your, your brain. <laughs> Even guided meditations, completely secular. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's all opening you up to the demons. It makes you their prey, as it says. So yoga is not allowed as a Jehovah's Witness. And I just want to tell a quick anecdote. This uh, episode is going way too long, but let's just keep it rolling, huh? We're having fun here. There was a believing uh, Jehovah's Witness woman with what they call an unbelieving mate, a non-Jehovah's Witness 
husband, and his he was dealing with some muscle imbalances, a little bit of injury, and seeing a physical therapist. And the physical therapist recommended to him to do yoga uh, maybe a couple times a week to help with the muscle imbalances, flexibility, so on and so forth. The guy was very active and took tried to take good care of himself. And so he said, yeah, of course, yoga. That sounds good. But his wife, the, the, the Jehovah's Witness, was so freaked out by the fact he was going to yoga. She, she thought he was going to, when he was packing up his stretchy pants, that he was going to accidentally stuff a demon <laughs> in a duffel bag or maybe one in his head while he was meditating and bring that home with him. <laughs> like that was the thought. She was paranoid that he was bringing demons into the house, a demonic influence in the house. And unfortunately, uh, and just a way to keep the peace, he quit yoga. I say unfortunately, I guess it's good he kept the peace. I don't know. I don't know what's the right thing to do there. Who knows? But it just seems like it was the wrong reason to quit yoga and maybe not experience some of the health benefits. That's just a story I knew quite, quite close to home. All right. And the truth is, too, if I can just mention one thing, is that really Watchtower also asked people to empty their minds, right? What are you supposed to do if you're doubting or questioning? They'll say do research, but what they're really saying is empty your mind and let us put our thoughts in your head. That's really what research is. That's really what it is. It's not actual research. Look up a Watchtower article, read it, and there are your thoughts. Empty your mind of the doubt. And let our thoughts in. So they're not much better than these demons <laughs> take advantage of a mind that is empty and fill it with their own thoughts. Okay, video game craze. Yes, right. In 1983, the Watchtower was concerned about video games. Ooh, ooh. You ready for this? Here are the issues with games. I'm bouncing around here a little bit in this section, but this is just too goddamn good. Okay, you ready? The ultimate object of virtually all video games, says the magazine Natural History, is survival. In the space games, you must shoot them before they shoot you. In the pack-person genre, you eat them before they eat you. And in the comic character games, you assault the creature before it assaults you. Why is it the violent games that have caught the imagination? Historian Jack Colhoun feels these games are a product of our times. Jumping down. Yet the Bible says, Jehovah himself examines the righteous one as well as the wicked one. And anyone loving violence his soul certainly hates. So Jehovah hates himself because if he read his own book and looked at his own actions, that motherfucker is fucking up some motherfuckers. And he's just killing people left and right. Disobedient. Bam. Dead. There you go. <laughs> Here's a plague. Boom. There you go. Poison snakes. Boom. Dead. <laughs> Take that, fuckers. <laughs> That's all the time. He's killing everybody. It's the Bible just full of like the first two pages again is is someone getting clubbed to death over the head. And this guy hates violence. I don't see it. But really, think about these games and how innocent a pack person genre pac-man uh <laughs> was it is a pack girl or pack woman i can't remember whatever it is <laughs> to 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 
point that out as a violent video game. Just think about the level of paranoia you have to have around the devil and around violence to do that. Now, it's not just the violence that they're afraid of. Are you ready for what else? It says video games may even be addictive. A mother in England says this about the addiction of her 14-year-old son. It is like having a teenage alcoholic in the house. These machines have corrupted him. He is like a caged animal if he can't get to them. I don't know. I'm not a parent, but check your parenting skills. Come on, fucking, in a fucking Atari, you can't control this? You gotta be fucking joking me, woman. Get a, <laughs> if you, <laughs> what? Set some boundaries, would you? Again, not a parent talking here. I can't imagine with all the, the, the games and technology today. Holy cow, how are children even functional? Unbelievable. The article asks, in extreme case, perhaps... <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up for this one. Are you ready for this next line? <laughs> but the widespread occurrence of Pac-Man finger space invader wrist tendonitis and other game-related physical problems shows that addiction is not uncommon. <laughs> I'll tell you what. When I was a 14-year-old boy, I did, I had some wrist tendonitis. <laughs> I probably tried to blame on Space Invader, but it was probably something else. I believe it was just masturbation wrist tendonitis. And Pac-Man finger, well, we all know what that is. Uh, unpleasant for some, but when executed properly, quite enjoyable. <laughs> uh, see again how you can make things seemingly innocent. Seem dangerous. But boy, those joysticks were tough to move back in the day, huh? So I'll give them that. I'll give them that. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm imagining it right now. Paging Dr. Johnson to the ER. Paging Dr. Johnson to the ER. Oh my God, look at this boy's finger. What happened to this? I don't know. I just, I bought him Pac-Man. And and they're saying, no, this happened to his finger. Oh my God. Look how deformed it is. What is wrong with you? Who would buy their kid Pac-Man? Do you know how dangerous that is? I'm gonna need 25 cc's of Ben Gay and a Smurf Band-Aid stat. Not a Smurf Band-Aid, no! And there you have it. Way back in 1983, <laughs> when hospitals were overrun by the plague of Pac-Man finger and space invader wrist tendonitis. Those were horrifying times. That terrible pandemic that broke out from the Atari. <laughs> All right, so the article kind of wraps up here. Last paragraph. Some physical exercise, certain music, mini games, and various movies are entertaining and relaxing. But remember, (laughs) such things can also be a vehicle for unwholesome influences. Be alert and on guard against these. The great deceiver Satan may seem interested in your having a good time, but in the end, his influence will harm you. Do not let him into your home or into your life. Oppose the devil and he will flee from you. Yes, James chapter 4, verse 7. There you go. Well, I will say, at least Satan seems interested in me having a good time. That's the impression I get after I left the Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, Job, on the other hand, I'm not sure he was that interested in, in, in me having a good time. You know? Do you take your pick. Pick your poison. Jehovah or Satan? I don't know. 
Okay. Well, that wraps that up. Again, long episode. <laughs> There's just so much to talk about for me in this article. Different forms of entertainment. Each form of entertainment could be its own episode. Maybe it will be someday. Hope you enjoyed it. Please reach out to me if you so desire. Instagram at Armageddon Podcast. Give me a follow there via email. Armageddon Podcast at gmail.com. I will have another episode coming out this week with an actual guest. That's right. I've gotten somebody to come on the podcast again, so it will not be a solo episode. And no promises, but it may be the first appearance of this podcast in video format on YouTube. <sighs> Jesus!